streaming live soon. Good morning. This has been an exciting month in studying the life of Elijah, understanding the prophetic and how God in His mercy uh, ministers to people. And uh, it's been a great joy to do this. By the way, we're headed to Cuba uh, it's October the 16th, so I'd say in about uh, 17, 18 days, there's a group of 27 of us that we're going to fly Delta Airlines to Cuba and, and preach the gospel there for a period of a whole week, visiting 13 churches from a district called Carmen Gay. And of course, uh, the lady in charge of that trip is uh, Cindy Walker. And in Cuba, uh, Margarita, a boy, is the one that's going to call the shots and tell us what to do next. But we're so privileged to be able to go to a communist country and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go into chapter 2 of Second Kings. Let me give you a background a little bit on what really happens in this chapter. This is the chapter in which Elijah is, is heads to heaven. A chariot of fire comes down from heaven from the Lord and picks up Elijah and, uh, and takes him up to, to heaven. And it begins on verse 1, chapter 2, 2 Kings. And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. They've been together for a period of ten years. Elijah and Elisha have been ministering for a period of ten years, and so the separation here is not only painful to Elisha, but very, very difficult to accept, because the one that uh, watched over Israel, the one that... uh, implemented the Word of God and the will of God and the people of Israel at that particular time, is heading to heaven. Now, why in the world heaven for Elijah? Why heaven? Well, you see, it seems that we, we, we don't give much credit to Elijah because we looked at him with uh, accusing eyes and deceiving eyes and eyes that sort of uh, want to know why he did what he did. He shouldn't have done that. But in the eyes of God, Elijah was a powerful servant. With all of the problems that Elijah had, the difficulties he had in riding, running from Jezebel, into this princess married to Ahab. Now that Ahab is dead, Jezebel is 
has her own temple to worship Baal. This is what Elijah uh, detested the most. And, uh, and so, Elijah said unto Elisha, they'll, they'll begin a conversation. And there's some movements from one place to the other. Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now Bethel, it's a place of uh, very respected in scriptures. It's a place of total, complete uh, surrender to God, favor with God, blessings from the Lord. And so, they went to Bethel. Why these three movements? Because you have Bethel here, then you have Jericho here, and then you have the Jordan here. There are three places that the great prophet goes to. Well, one of the things to consider here is that he had an idea inside of his mind that he's going to have to break loose from Elisha. You know, a friendship of ten years, it's enough to uh, leave memories. And so, the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Now, these, these sons of the prophets here, are people, there must have been a school of prophets in this area, that Elijah came forth out of Gilead. Know that the Lord will take away your master from your head today. And he said, yes, I know it. Hold, hold you your peace. I knew it. So if the prophets felt it, Elijah, Elijah felt also. I want to call your attention to that because that type of knowing inside of you in terms of what the Lord is doing is what makes you a good servant of the Lord. What you see is not really where the Lord is. What you feel is not what, you, is what the Lord is. What you see and hear and perceive and understand is not what the Lord is. There is an innermost, quiet, gentle place inside of your soul, inside of your spirit, man, that speaks gently and kindly to you and says to you, do this and do that. The difference of a businessman that is successful and one who is not successful is the ability to hear the inner voice of God inside of your spirit, man, and know what he's trying to do. And so Elisha, had that preeminence inside of him. He didn't know what's going to happen. Or how is it going to happen? Nobody said, how is it going to happen? You can go into several scriptures that deal with that. But nobody knew. And so, Elijah again says to Elisha, I pray, tarry here. The Lord is sending me to Jericho. As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they came to Jericho. Now, if you've been to Jericho, you will know that, uh, that uh, when Israel came out of uh, Egypt, he came on the, uh, 
east side of the Jordan, all the way up to Jericho. And then the Ark of the Covenant was carried, and they crossed the Jordan River three miles away from the people, and they put twelve stones on the on, and, and, and the Lord opened the waters for the ark to pass pass through, and he encamped outside of Jericho against the the wilderness mountains. If you've been to the wilderness mountains, this is where the temptation mountains took place. And so, God is simply showing Elijah that there's something about Bethel, about Jericho, that he must pay attention. These are holy grounds. These are places where God has performed mighty power. As Israel surrounded Jericho uh, and, and, and blew the horns and made sound and noise, the walls came tumbling down. And for those of you who do not quite believe, or have a, you need to go to Jericho and see a piece of the wall, the foundation of the wall of Jericho, for you to have an idea that we're talking about a holy ground. That's when an angel appeared uh, to, to, to Joshua and, and, and told him, take your shoes off for the place where you're standing is holy ground. So you're talking about holy ground here. And Elijah comes in basking in the holiness of God, sensing that the, in the moment of his final days, he, God wants to reveal to him a little piece of the earth because the next time, you're talking about 900 years before Christ. 900 years after, as the Lord is in, 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 in Mount Hermon, there is a display as the glory of God rises from Mount Hermon. Uh, and, and Elijah comes from heaven along with with Moses, and the two began to talk with Jesus in the transfiguration, beautiful experience. And so, all of that happened at a stone throw from, from Jericho. And so, the environment of the time is the Lord giving Elijah a tour of where holiness and power and glory unspeakable. Because from that moment on and that day, as he's taken up to heaven... He will not see it until He comes back during the transfiguration to speak with Jesus and encourage our Lord to die honorably to take the sins of the world. I tell you, that just stirs me up to no end. You know, it's just an amazing thing to see the Lord showing what I have done. Sometimes when you are discouraged and you are serving the Lord and uh, you don't know what's going to happen with you, and you, you're trying to bring peace. You're trying to uh, to deal with your sins. You're trying to uh, repent. You're trying to uh, love the Lord and speak to Him. Uh, whatever you're going through, uh, the Lord seems to remind you of where you've been and what has happened to you. And so this week, as I begin to deal with this Bible study on on, on Second Kings. I've been thinking, what has the Lord done through me this last year? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my Lord. God has done some unbelievable things in my life. I've seen people come to Christ. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. 
It's been an unbelievable experience. And then I look at me, a sinful man, and I thank the Lord that He washed my sins away and strengthened me to continue to serve Him. And of course, of course, that is exactly what God is doing to Elijah. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here. I pray for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And there goes again. And the sons of the prophets were with Jericho. So there are sons of the prophets who were at Gilgal. There are sons of the prophets who were at Jericho. There are sons of the prophets who were... I mean, the place is just filled with prophets. Came to Elisha and said unto him, Know you that, you know that the Lord will take away your master from your head today. And he answered and said, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And the Lord lives as you so lives. I will not leave you, he said. And the two went on. Now, Jordan is really on the east side of, uh, 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 west side of, uh, uh, of the Jordan River. And of course, God sent them there because the, the entrance into the Holy Land that way is what happened to Israel as they came from Egypt. And so, 50 men and the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. So everybody, the prophets in Gilgal, the prophets in, in, in Jericho, the prophets in the Jordan, which is on the other side of the Jordan River, all of them, you're talking about a 50, 50, 50. All of them, 150 to 200 men of God are wanting to see the glory of the Lord as, as something's about to happen. Don't you want to be a part of that? Just sitting down on the side of the river and looking up and you see a chariot of fire. Now, what is a chariot? A chariot has two horses. And it has two wheels. And, 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 and a protection from the one that stands on top of of the carriage. And, and, and he, but this one has fire in it. Burning fire. And it came down. Now how far did it come down? Let's take a look. And Elijah took his... And the fifty men and the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by the Jordan. So above were the fifty prophets from the Jordan. Near the, the river were two. And Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the water. Now, he didn't know that, uh, that that mantle would be the peace, the physical peace, in which the anointing of God would be transferred from the great prophet into his servant. You know, he calls him my father, my father, the horses of Israel. And they were divided, the waters divided, so that they too went on on dry ground. Why, why would Elijah use the mantle to actually, because practical lessons have to be learned and understood. Look, most of the miracles of Elijah, Elisha, 
Most of the miracles of Elisha were with him throwing a cup of salt into water, a water that tasted bad. A hammer floated out of the water as a miracle. There were miracles that involved an object, a piece. And I learned that lesson because, you see, we were in a, in a church in, in, in Petropolis, Brazil, which where the kings of Brazil are buried. We visited in Brazil a, a, a museum where all of the attires of the royal family are still there, and the furniture and all kinds of things. And uh, one of the things we saw there was the, the presence of the king even though he is gone. And we were in a church close by, uh, the United Methodist Church, not United, but Methodist Church in Brazil, and we ran out of oil. And as we ran out of oil, I decided to just, you know, there's no more oil. And I backed up and I began to pray, and I noticed that a vibrant line of close to 500 people coming for prayer began to decease, began to stop, began to not flow anymore. They're walking real slow. I noticed that uh, a woman came out of the line and went to sit down. The noise and the prayers began to diminish. And the Lord said to me, my oil, I need oil. And so I called one of the servants of the church and I told him, one of the pastors really, I need oil right now, get the best, I need all the oil you got. And they brought the oil. And when they brought the oil, I began to bathe the hands of the mission team and pour all of them in a matter of seconds that line was moving people began to cry out and yell and scream hallelujah pray and, and, and the power of God was present so can an object actually bring the anointing of God if it is from the Holy Spirit of God yes well It came to pass as they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. In essence, a double portion of the Spirit of God, which was on Elijah. Now that's a hard thing to ask. What do you mean double portion of your spirit? You see, you have a spirit, a soul, and a body. The body is the element in which holds your soul and holds your spirit. When, when Elisha asks for an, a double portion of your spirit, he's talking about the spirit of man, the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the spirit of man. People say, well, the, the anointing falls on the soul. Not really. The soul is your intellect, your idea, who you are. Your body is the physical element that holds the spirit and holds the soul. But the spirit realm is what communicates to God. When you pray in the spirit, you are praying with your spirit man. And the Holy Spirit comes it and engulfs it and takes your prayer into heaven. What Elisha wanted is a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. That's a hard thing to ask. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a hard thing to ask. Look at uh, 
He said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, there's no doubt in my mind that God wanted Elisha to have a double portion because of the need that's going to be prevailing over Israel. And Elisha is now the man of God, the one who lead all the prophets. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken up from you, if you see me when I'm taken up from you, what do you mean by that? Why should... You see, an anointing, is, it comes not with hearing. An anointing, it comes not... <laughs> an anointing comes not from uh, saying things. An anointing comes when you see it. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard those things that God has prepared for those that love Him. You got to see it. This type of anointing is seeable. You can see it. Now, I told you about the situation up there in Petropolis and we run out of oil. I saw it. I saw the anointing dissipated from the group of 25, 30 people that were on the line. But after a while, as I began to ask for oil, and I distributed all the oil that I had in the hands. And I didn't actually, didn't give a little bit, you know. I poured a bottle on top of the hands to where it's all over, dripping all over their hands. I never gave value to the amount of oil, but I do now. If you want more anointing, get more oil. If you want less anointing, get less oil. That's what I learned. I saw I saw, physically, I saw the Lord call my attention to see that the five to eight hundred people that were moving toward the altar now were just pressing on, begin to pray, lifting hands. The atmosphere changed drastically. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I saw. And so, this is what the great prophet says to his servant. If you see me when I'm taken from you, now, what's going to happen is that it's not Elijah going up, but he's taken. When you study this scripture very carefully, you're going to notice those three things. From the moment that the skies lit in the chariot of fire and the horses of fire came down to earth between Elijah and Elisha and the Jordan River. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. When it came down, it picked him up. Look, if you see me when I'm taking up, when I'm taken from you, it shall be unto you. If not, it shall not be so. So the great question here should be, even in the modern believers, what do you see? Do you see the miracle power of God operating in your church? Do you see the, the people repenting? You see, a preacher needs to see very clearly what's up there in the congregation, not as a corporate view, but as, a, as an individual picture of the need of those that are there. I remember my father, Pastor Daniel Suarez Bonfim. i never forget him. I used to go to his church, which was a, a large denomination, to 25,000 people. 
And dad would uh, stand in the altar after the sermon. And he began to move around the congregation. And he'll find a man sitting on the right and he'll give him a prophetic word to him. And one of the prophetic words was, Today you will see the Lord. 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 And I tell you, that altar just packed with two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred people. Baptisms usually to last it after church on Sunday, and they go all the way to six o'clock at night. Hundreds of people baptized by the power. A hundred and fifty pastors. What a mighty, mighty, mighty anointing of God. Do you see the Lord move? Or do you have to be told where He is moving? That's a great question. Do you see where the Lord moves? And it came to pass. Now, the idea of coming to pass here, it is a a clock. It's simply saying, after a certain while. Now, a while can be five minutes, can be ten minutes, can be fifteen minutes. That there appeared a chariot of fire. So now you begin to put things to the chariot of fire. You couldn't see the actual wheels, but you could see fire around the wheels. You couldn't see the holding of the, of the chariot, but there's fire all around it. What, what distinguished the, the chariot from a horse is there's a chariot connected to two horses. And the horses were not horses, but were horses of fire. There's a way to try to visualize this. Now, what it did, and what the chariot of fire and the horses of fire did, it's on verse 11. It says, And parted them both asunder. What is your Bible says about that? It's 11. Verse 11. What it says? As they continue on and talk, that suddenly, that suddenly a chariot of fire, fire appeared with, with horses of fire and separated, and separated the two. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now, look at this. It separated. One into eternity, the other into personal ministry to Israel in representing the Lord. You see, God, the Lord is exposing Elisha to... Now, where does it say in the Bible here that Elijah, Elisha saw it? Because you see, the whole thing here is, if you see me, you get it. If you don't see it, you'll not get it. Isn't that what I said? If you see it, you're going to get it. If you don't see it, you're not going to get it. What do you mean by that? That in the spiritual realm, as you live the Christian life, you must be connected to the Lord to see what the Lord is doing instead of what you want to do. Your agenda is of the Lord. He's the one who leads you and guides you. And you can't do your agenda if not it is the Lord's agenda. 
Verse 12, And Elisha saw it. Now this saw it here means it's a prerequisite. Prerequisite. If I don't see it, you don't get it. And he cried. The anointing came upon him and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. What a, what a split. What a beautiful expression of the love of God into a faithful servant. You know, you'll not be seen anymore by people on this earth, but you already in the eternity seeing the heavens and meeting your brothers and sisters, especially Abraham and Isaac and Moses. Oh, my goodness gracious. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, that you reveal to my brother and sister this morning that they need to see it. Bless them, God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, heal. 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 Heal in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you. Cresce em beleza, força e 